What's up? All right, let's see. Is this working this time? Yeah, it's much better. All right, Finally, fourth time's the it. charm. Yeah. Well, took go. us a week and like five tries to get it right. Yeah. That's kind of how some technical difficulties can work in schedules. Yeah, for sure. I ended up... Um, so my cat chewed through my original mic. Went and bought another one. Couldn't get rid of the ticking noise. So now we're on the one earbud uh, little microphone that comes default with a PlayStation 4. Oh, wow. That, so that's, that's rough. Yeah, that's where we're down to. It's interesting, but hey, got to do what you got to do. Anything <laughs> for the podcast, right? Right. All right. So we'll try this again. We got through the first segment last week before something went wrong. Uh, let's try again for the New Look Browns. Yeah. Um, do you just want like my entire opinion on how the Bron- uh, Browns offense will look, or do you want me to like individual player that you want me to talk about? Um, I mean, I think Tyrod's the big focus player that people are torn on, but how do you feel about that offense as a whole? Um, I think it's definitely going to look better than last year. I think it's hard for it not to. Uh, <laughs> Kaiser was not ready to be a starting quarterback in my position. I think a lot of people – expected him coming into the, his draft that he was going to need time as a um, just to be behind an actual quarterback. And he was thrown in there and just thrown to the wolves and got destroyed, to be honest. He wasn't a very good quarterback. He's going to be behind Aaron Rodgers now, so good hope for him. But uh, I, I think Tyrod Taylor's definitely a step up a, above Kaiser. I don't think Tyrod Taylor's elite. I don't think he's going to be elite this year. Um. He could probably be a top 12 quarterback. I don't think that's without, with, um, out of the realm of reason, but I don't think he's going to be a top five. And I don't think in Dynasty especially that he should be considered more than a one, maybe two-year option. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I do think he'll have a pretty good year. Like you said, I think he'll make top 10 with all the weapons around him. Um, and definitely a step up from Kaiser, I mean. Just about anybody they could have gotten was a step up from Kaiser. I mean, all of this year's free agents were better than Kaiser. Yeah. I think that when it comes to his receiving weapons, I'm worried about Josh Gordon's value. And specifically, uh, Corey Coleman. I think Corey Coleman's going to have a pretty bad season if he doesn't get traded, which I feel like he would have been traded by now if he was going to be traded, just based off of all the moves that have already happened. But I don't think he's going to have a very good season. I don't think Josh Gordon's going to have the numbers that he had back during his peak, uh, like four years ago, whenever he wasn't in trouble. I don't think he's going to show the type of production he was showing at the end of the year when last year where they were focusing on him. I think Tyrod Taylor is a pretty conservative quarterback. He won't. uh, He doesn't trust his receivers to make plays, in my opinion. He's had big play receivers, Sammy Watkins, uh, Robert Woods, Marquise, or Good Chris Goodwin, or something like that. Um, I don't know which one you're talking about. Marquise Goodwin and Chris Godwin. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, the one that's now playing for the 49ers. Okay. Yeah. He's had some talented we- – oh, Chris Hogan, he also had Chris Hogan. And he just – Tyrod doesn't really have a history of trusting his receivers to come down with it. In my opinion, he's a very short throw. He likes to look for the easy stuff, which isn't a terrible way to win actual NFL games. The guy got to the playoffs last year and it worked. Uh, I think that it might be a good sign. It's always hard to tell with young tight ends, but it might be good for Njoku uh, just because it's such a short uh, range and tight ends are generally considered a safer target. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I think that this is a good spot for Jarvis Landry. Um, Tyrod Taylor's a good quarterback for Jarvis Landry. But I think that there's no way that he can maintain – the production he had last year was an anomaly for his career. He does not typically have this many touchdowns. I don't imagine the Browns' offense, even with all these weapons, being a touchdown, able to give him the, that amount of touchdowns. But also – there's enough weapons around. I just don't feel like Jarvis is going to be hyper-targeted like he was in Miami. Uh, do you have any disagreements or thoughts on those statements? Um, 
I definitely agree. I think Tyrod is a good thing for Njoku. I think he's a good thing for Landry, too. I don't think Landry will see the insane amount of volume, but I think Landry will get enough volume, especially with, like you said, Tyrod being a safe throw quarterback, that Landry will probably be the number one fantasy receiver on that team. I definitely think it hurts Gordon. Corey Coleman is almost irrelevant for fantasy now. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's the fourth pass catching option, maybe even fifth behind Duke Johnson. Like, that's not somebody who's sustainable for fantasy. I mean, I wouldn't cut him, but I'm not going into the season with Corey Coleman as my wide receiver, too. That's for sure. In Dynasty, he has value because he was a former first round pick. But I think if you remove that first round pick pedigree, that he there's not really a ton there to be honest he, he's had very little production he's been injury prone his entire career i agree jarvis landry definitely looks like the number one receiver coming out of there but i think even then i think that at best he's a wide receiver two he won't be the wide receiver three that he was coming in or coming from last season i think that he's probably going to be a wide receiver two just because even though i think he will get a lot of targets there josh gordon and Corey Coleman are still going to get some targets. So I just don't imagine Jarvis Landry is going to get the target share that we're expecting from Miami. Plus there's a running game there that honestly didn't exist in Miami, except for a Kate for the end of the year, two years ago with JHI. So. Yeah. I, I just don't want to count disc or like write off Landry as a wide receiver one just yet. I want to see what they do in the draft. Uh, now that Joe Thomas is retired, I don't think Joe Thomas had retired last time we attempted to record this, but <laughs> that's a big hit to the offense. I think that definitely hurts the run game. So maybe they will end up relying on their pass game more. And mm-hmm. like you said, I think Jarvis is far and away the one there, and I think he will get enough volume to be a one still. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually more concerned about Joe Thomas's loss in the passing game. Just because the left tackle is so crucial when it comes to a passing quarterback, a quarterback that's right-handed. I believe Tyrod Taylor's right-handed. Yeah, right-handed. And because of that, that's his blind side. The blind side tackle is always the most important offensive lineman on the field. He's probably the second most important player on the offense, other than the quarterback. I think left tackle is the most crucial position to get right. And, and Joe Thomas was definitely – elite at that level losing Joe Thomas I feel has to affect that offensive line I don't think that they really have a solid second a replacement I don't even think I don't believe Joe Thomas knew he was going to retire until he decided to retire and if Joe Thomas didn't know there's no way that Browns organization knew that he was going to retire um if they draft some with the guys they currently have I don't imagine the left tackle is going to be a very a great replacement. The guy that they were using, I forget his name, but he wasn't particularly amazing. He was average at best. We can also, I doubt that they'll look at for the left tackle position in the draft. They have so many holes on their defense that I imagine they'll mostly focus on their defense in the draft and maybe some offensive players. They'll probably throw a pick at quarterback, even though they don't need to. Oh, <laughs> I think they definitely need a, uh, their first round. If their first overall quarter, uh, pick isn't a Sam Donald, I will be extremely surprised. And they should draft Sam Donald. He's amazing. But we can talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> but the fact remains, I actually did a little bit of research because, you know, anything for the podcast. <laughs> uh, so last year, Tyrod Taylor, uh, Corey Glenn, uh, Cody Glenn, the left tackle for the Bills that got traded to the Bengals this offseason. Well, Last year, he didn't play a complete season. He only played five games last year. And in those five games, uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor averaged a higher QBR by about 10 points. It's not a huge difference, but there is a bit of a difference to show that Tyrod probably – the blind side is really important to prevent people from feeling ghosts. Basically, since they can't see over there, they have to trust in their left tackle. If the quarterback doesn't trust their left tackle, they're going to feel pressure, even if there's no pressure coming at them from their left side. So just having a less talented left tackle is going to naturally cause a quarterback to feel more stressed. That's why it's so important to put your best offensive lineman in your left tackle position so that the quarterback constantly feels 
safer. We can look at what happened when Tyron Smith for the Cowboys went down and Dak Prescott, not only did he get sacked on six plays, but even on plays where he wasn't getting pressured from the left tackle position, he was panicked. He was constantly afraid he was going to get hit. And this is called, and that was causing Dak Prescott to have terrible decision-making and throwing interceptions in that game. So I think that it's, I imagine it's going to hurt the passing game more than we imagine. I think that the running game, it, it will definitely like losing Joe Thomas will definitely affect the running game. But I think Carlos Hyde has never had a very elite offensive line. So I think that it, I think that with Carlos Hyde, that the Browns offensive running game is going to be just fine. Plus Duke Johnson. So. Right. Yeah. I can definitely see all those points. Um, yeah. So this is a bet I actually took. I took the Tyrod side. Would you rather have him fantasy next year, Tyrod or Jameis Winston? Oh, uh, just not dynasty, like a redraft decision. Yep, it's just based on what they do next year. Oh, Tyrod, Tyrod for sure. I, I had a lot of faith in Jameis Winston, but I don't think there's a lot of elite weapons there. I think that he is a really bad at decision making, not just on the field but off the field. He's just not a very bright guy, in my <laughs> opinion. Uh, that offensive line, I think, is much worse than the Browns. That run game is considerably worse than the Browns. The receiving core, Mike Evans is very good. But after that, you got Deshaun Jackson. And I think that the – I think that actually the receiving weapons aren't that far off from what the Browns have. They might be about even. But, yeah, I don't think that James Winston is – he's not going to be a number one quarterback. And I don't imagine a world where he is. Maybe he – squeaks in at 12 but i could definitely see a world where tyrod taylor is uh, a number one quarterback but i don't think it's extremely likely but it's far more likely with him than winston gotcha all right so in the interest of time we're going to move on from the browns to the other new look offense we're going to talk about let's talk about the bears this is one i feel a lot more strongly about i love the new look bears how do you feel about them yeah i'm actually really interested you keep talking you keep talking in the chat about how awesome you think the Bears are going to be. I just don't see it. I think that Allen Robinson's had one elite season his entire career, in my opinion, a pretty mediocre one otherwise, and two seasons where he's been hurt. Um, I get it was with Blake Bortles, but I just don't see um, – oh, man, the Bears quarterback. What's his name? Uh, Trubisky. Yeah, I don't see Trubisky. I, ne- I didn't like him when he got drafted. I thought the Bears were idiots for trading up to go get him. I, I thought Trubisky was an overrated quarterback. I don't think that um, they, their new head coach was the former offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. And the, the Chiefs' offense was fine last year. But uh, I never trust a coordinator that is coming from a head coach that was also specialized in that. Um, Andy Reid was an offensive is an off, uh, offensive minded, basically genius in my opinion. He doesn't make great decisions when it comes to clock management, but he's a quarterback guru and offensively he's got a lot of talent. So to see the head coach uh, of the Bears be the former offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, to me I feel like he hasn't proved anything. So to assume that he's going to improve that offense is. I, I just don't see it. What do you think? Because I don't really think that the Bears offense is going to be anything good. I, on the other hand, I really think they're going to be great this year. I think Matt Nagy is going to do a lot better work with Trubisky than John Fox did. I mean, John Fox did nothing for Trubisky. I mean, basically took college-level Trubisky and put him in the NFL. Uh, he's getting weapons this year. I mean, we're yet to see what they do in the draft. I can't imagine they don't take another top receiver in the draft like Cortland Sutton, James Washington, even like Equinemius, Christian Kirk, someone like that. Uh he's got two solid tight ends, Adam Shaheen and Trey Burton. Everybody loved Trey Burton going into free agency this offseason. Little surprised to see him on the Bears, but I think it helps Trubisky and that offense as a whole. And then Jordan Howard as a first and second down guy. And then Tariq Cohen to come in when it's third down or long yardage and catch passes out of the backfield. I really think this Bears offense has a ton of potential. And I don't think Matt Nagy is going to let it go to a waste. So I'm really excited. Well, I'm excited as a fantasy owner and not excited as a Lions fan. Because I really wish the Bears would suck. Would have kept John Fox. But 
No, so do you think that they're going to be a top half offense? Like, where, where do you see their offense in the NFL ranking um, at the end of the year? Definitely top half, especially. I mean, I'm assuming they bring in another receiver here. I'm like, they're not just going to throw it to Allen Robinson 200 times, but I could see them being top 12, depending on who else they get as as a receiver, and especially since their defense isn't all that. I mean, it's a okay defense, but it's not all that. So their offense is going to be out there a lot, moving while well, attempting to move the ball a lot, having to score a lot. I think it'll be great for fantasy, and I think Trubisky's going to take a huge step this year. Not saying he's Jared Goff and going to be a superhero now, but I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a giant leap. I have a, I have Trubisky. I just redid my rankings yesterday. I believe I moved him up a tier and to quarterback eight. Yeah, quarterback. You eight think now. he will be a quarterback eight? This is really? dynasty ranking, so I'm not saying Dyn- he will oh, finish okay, as the quarterback eight next okay. year. But he's right behind Cousins for me, and right ahead of Cam Newton. I don't like Cam Newton really, so. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Cam Newton, and I, I I'm worried about his longevity in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I I don't think that they're going to draft another high-ranking receiver just because they got they pay for Taylor Gabriel, they pay for Allen Robinson, they ha- already have Kevin White, and I get Kevin White hasn't had any production, but they put a, invested a first round pick and he's just been injury prone. Uh, so I don't imagine, I feel like they might be a little gun shy on trying to get another receiver as high as they did. And they just have, they paid a lot for Allen Robinson and a decent chunk for Taylor Gabriel. And they still have Cameron Meredith. I, I don't really imagine a world where they're going to uh, try to get a really high ranking receiver. As you said, their defense is pretty mediocre. I think that, we have to remember that they'll, they're going to be looking on both sides of the field, and their defense needs work. So, yeah, I could see that. I, I mean, even if it's Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Cam Meredith, I still think I like that. I mean, if Meredith breaks out half of what people think he's going to, then he'll be good. Taylor Gabriel is just a deep threat. I mean, he's quick. He's nothing more, nothing super special, but. I really like that Bears offense. Uh, I think they need to retain Josh Sitton. I don't know whatever happened with him. I know he was a free agent, but. Oh, is he on free agency? Yeah, he's a. Oh, the Dolphins got him. Oh, the Dolphins got him? So that's a big loss. So maybe they look at that guard position in the draft, but. Yeah, because they have uh, Chris Long. Kyle Long. Kyle Long, yeah. I knew it was one of the two brothers. Yep. Yeah, so, I'm pretty excited. I mean, yeah, they have a lot they need to work on, so I'd be surprised if they went receiver. And I I just feel like the Bears offense hasn't proved anything. I don't think their head coach is worth that much. I think people are overhyping him just because I, I just can't imagine that the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs had to do that much when the head coach is Andy Reid. So, I mean, Andy Reid for over half the season was deciding offensive plays for the most part anyway, so. Whose offense do you think ranks higher next year, Browns or Bears? Yeah, I think that the Browns will. I I, I, th- I like the offensive coordinator for the Browns a lot, uh, Todd Haley, right? Yep. I, I, I really like Todd Haley. I think that he made any player on that Steelers look good. He made that not only were the skill position players good, but that offensive line was really good. Le'Veon Bell looked good. D'Angelo Williams looked good. He looked reinvigorated on the Steelers. Um, Big Ben always looked good. Uh, That backup they had, I don't quite remember his name. Landry Jones? Yeah, Landry Jones didn't look elite, but it's hard to make a backup look good. Uh, Any receiver, Juju, uh, Antonio Brown, uh, uh, Martavis Bryant. Oh, Martavis, yep. Mike Wallace broke out with them. Like, Todd Haley knows offenses. And the Steelers, uh, the Steelers head coach, Mike Tomlin, I believe, is a defensive coach. So I don't really give him much credit for that. I think Todd Haley is hard to deal with as a person, but a football, he just gets it. Um, Like, the Steelers seem to never make – 
bad choices when it came to using their players and on offense. So I think that that does help the Browns a lot. So I think the Browns will definitely rank higher than the Bears. What about you? Um, gosh, this is hard because I love both of these new look offenses. Um, I'm going to take the Bears and half of it is because you said the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, at end of the year, we'll definitely uh, – Try to remember that. It'll definitely be fun to look at at the end of the year. I think the Browns will be better for fantasy, though. Yeah, I, I think that there's uh, – I don't know. I don't know if they'll be better for fantasy because I just don't – I don't think Tyrod Taylor can really make players that fantasy relevant. He he really hasn't historically. So. I think he'll make Jarvis relevant. Well, keep Jarvis relevant, not make yeah. him relevant. Yeah. But, I, I think that's – I think that's a hopeful look, and that's probably the best ca- best case scenario. All the weapons produced, but I think that the an, a good scenario that's realistic is that Jarvis Landry is still very productive. Yep, I agree there. So this is a little bit of newer news. Um, kind of glad we got to push this back so we could look at that. How do you, what do you think about Frank Gore going to the Dolphins and affecting Kenyon Drake's stock? I think it definitely affects Kenyon Drake's stock. I don't think that the Dolphins really like Kenyon Drake. I was expecting the Dolphins to possibly invest in the this draft with such depth at running back to get at least someone to help compete for the position. I think it's going to be a committee. I think it's going to be a really ugly committee. I don't think – I think even if there was a good running back there, um, that it was going to be a rough spot. That offensive line just lost uh, Pouncey, I believe. Um they they don't have an elite receiver to help stretch the field to make that box very good, clean. Uh, their quarterback is probably going to be Ryan Tannehill, who hasn't played football in a, a long time, over a year. So I don't think I don't think Frank Gore is going to be fantasy relevant. He's definitely not dynasty relevant. I would try to get whatever I can for him. If someone thinks he's going to be the starter, go for it. I want to get Kenyon Drake now. I think that Kenyon Drake had some value. I don't think he's going to keep that value uh, much longer, especially when I think the first game on the field, everyone's going to see that Kenyon Drake isn't very good and that he isn't going to have a large role on that team. Yeah, so with this news, Kenyon Drake, I originally had him at running back 20. And then once uh, Gore signed, I dropped him to 27. I think, like you said, it's going to be a running back by committee. The only way Drake was going to be fantasy relevant is if he was the only guy in Miami, and I just never saw that happening. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I've never been big on Drake. Don't own him anywhere because I'm not paying that price that people want for him. Yeah, people are really overrating him just because he was hot at the end of last year. Even Jay Ajayi, who I think is more talented, didn't look good behind that offensive line. I think it's only gotten worse since then. Though you just said that some player did go to Josh Sitton. He's Josh a guard, Sitton. yeah. Yeah. So that he's probably going to replace Pouncey. I believe Pouncey either played center or guard. Um, I can't remember because there's two Pounceys. One's a center, one's a guard, I yeah. believe. Uh, well, then uh, the Steelers' center is Pouncey. Yep, so. so it was a guard, yep. It was a guard. So, yeah, I can see the Dolphins very easily being the new Browns, the new Jaguars. I think that they're going to be com- terrible. I, their defense is nothing to look at. Their offense is got has zero elite weapons. And, yeah, I, I don't even know their tight end's name. Like, Oh, God, the Dolphins' tight end. Yeah. I can't think. I'm sure it's going to be something super obvious that we're both missing, but because it was Julius Thomas, I believe, but they dropped him. So yeah, I can't remember who they got. I feel like they signed someone, but yeah, I don't disagree. I think Gore, Frank Gore, is not even on my rankings. Like that's how irrelevant he is for Dynasty, and all it does, all Gore going to Miami does, is hurt Kenyon Drake. Really, yeah. Though in redraft, I. I don't know, because maybe Kenyon Drake keeps his value a little bit longer. But I could definitely see a world where Frank Gart um, in redraft does better than Kenyon Drake. Like I just, I don't really like Kenyon Drake. I don't think he's very good. Yeah, neither do I. I, I could definitely see that Gore versus Drake. I think Drake will catch more passes, and Gore's going to run a lot more. Yeah. 
And there's still Williams in that backfield too. And that's saying they don't draft someone. But I don't think Gore's stopping them from drafting anyone. So I almost thought Damian Williams went somewhere, but I could be wrong. No, he's a free agent. They could re-sign oh. him, but I was going to say, yeah, I feel like he went somewhere. Well, or in that they... case, I really do think that they're still going to draft someone because I don't think they have a running back there that has any future potential. So. Yeah, I don't think any of them are that big of a and, deal. And if a running back does go there, I'm not excited for that landing spot. Yeah. I mean, they'll probably have opportunity if they're talented, but that offensive line and offense in general I don't think is very good. So. Yeah, like you said, Miami's going to be bottom of the league for a little while now, I feel like. I'm not very excited about anyone going there. But the next thing was something that you actually wanted to bring up. And since we've waited a week, I've actually swayed more towards your side on the 102 rookie pick. So go ahead and let everyone know why you wanted to bring this up. Okay, so basically, everywhere I look, Darius Geis is the clear-cut number two. Everyone goes, it's Saquon, which I still don't – like, I I think Saquon is – Possibly, like I think if if you took all the rookies from last year and this year, now knowing what we know now, maybe not. But I think Saquon's a clear number one regardless. But Darius guys, I don't think is very elite. Um, I think people see him as a lock solid. No matter where he goes, he should be drafted second. But I could definitely see a world. You keep saying how you think Darius guys is going to go to the Lions. Not so I think much the, now, yeah, but before. But if he was, if he went to the Dolphins or the Lions, some place where that's not very good when it comes to offense, I'd be extremely worried, especially when Nick Chubb, I don't think there's a huge difference between Nick Chubb and Darius Geis. I think Nick Chubb is kind of underrated. A lot of people give Darius Geis a, oh, ignore last year. He was hurt. Look at the year before that. Look how elite he was. But yet with Nick Chubb, he was a very elite running back in Georgia until he got hurt. And he's been recovering very well. He's looked good. I think his combine was amazing. Uh, spark score is not that important. If we're going to look at spark score, then um, McKinnon's the best running back ever. But spark score still ranked Nick Chubb at the 89th percentile. He's physically very talented. And because of that, I just can't Im- imagine him doing that badly in any system if he gets a, a big role. So I think that Nick Chubb and Darius guys are much closer than people are uh, having everyone believe Darius guys. I don't, I think that landing spot is a big deal when it comes to a running back like Darius guys, who's a, a pounder. Isn't um, I don't think he's as mobile and uh, fluid as Nick Chubb is. I think Darius guys has a large risk in my opinion of, we see these running backs who just like stomp people with their physical dominance, but Darius Geis is not that big. I, um, I don't have his exact uh, height and weight in front of me. Five ten, two twelve. Yeah, he's not that big of a guy, so I can't imagine at the NFL level him being able to use his physically dominating style. A lot of it can be footwork, but I just can't imagine him overcoming it. So, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, so if we had gotten this banged out last week, like we planned, I probably would have debated this pretty strongly, but I've had a few conversations this week about this and I don't necessarily disagree. Um, the way I put it out there when I was talking to somebody on Twitter is right now, if I had to draft today, I'm still going to take Geis ahead of Chubb, but if Chubb gets a good landing spot, say, I'm trying to think of a good spot for Chubb. I wouldn't mind him on the 49ers. I mean, they just signed McKinnon, so I don't think it would happen, but I think that would be a good place for him to go. Yeah. And then, you know, Geis ends up on the Raiders. i definitely take Chubb ahead of Geis then. I don't think they're that far off in talent, so it's going to be totally landing spot dependent for me. I own 102 in only one league, but... Yeah. Honestly, if if I knew that the... Um, everyone wanted guys right now. I would be tempted to, if I had the 102, to talk to the 103 guy to see if I could trade back. Because a lot of people think there's a huge difference there. And so you might be able to get a bit. And I think that overall, if these guys land in similar spots or maybe there's a little bit of an advantage uh, for Chubb, uh, that, that makes them almost dead even in terms of talent and opportunity. 
I would try to trade back because I think a lot of people are overrating how good Geis is compared to Chubb. So if if that deal can happen, I would try to do it. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to definitely see where they go before I make any decisions on that. I think basically exactly what you said is what I was saying. Like if their landing spot's even, I've, I well, if their landing spot's even, I think I'm still on Geis. Yeah. But – if Chubb even slightly has a better landing spot, I think I'll have to go with Chubb. No? Yeah. I, I just don't think there's that big of a difference. I think the Dynasty community thinks that there's a huge difference between the two. So if you can get a little bit in there that's worth something, if you could get a second-round pick in there, I would definitely do it. If I could get, uh, if I could trade guys for the uh, Chubb in a second, I would definitely do it. So. All right. So there's our rookie running back takes. Our Next thing up is, so we're going to go ahead. I want to see what you think about the top five rookie quarterbacks. So unless you're dropping somebody out, that's Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and did I say Josh Allen? Uh, I think that was the second one you said. Josh Rosen, yeah. Josh Allen, Lamar, Baker, Sam. Yeah. Unless you're putting Mason Rudolph in there because you're crazy. <laughs> so I, when it comes to Dynasty – Quarterbacks, you can afford to wait on production. If you're looking at rookie quarterbacks to produce year one, you might have some problems with Sam Donald. I think Sam Donald is definitely the most elite at it. Looking at this from an NFL pure um, perspective, not trying to look at it at fantasy, I think Sam Donald is clear-cut and far away. The best prospect that there's been since uh, Andrew Luck, I don't – and RG3 uh, – was also a very highly touted prospect. Uh, I think that after that, I like Josh Rosen the second most. I think he's probably uh, – well, let me go back to Sam Donald for a moment. Sam Donald's biggest flaw is uh, turnovers, not just interceptions, but fumbles. He has a problem holding the ball, but I think that's a discipline problem. I don't uh, – Dan Marino had turnover problems. Uh, I believe Andrew Luck had turnover problems, but I don't see turnovers as a bad thing um, when it comes to, he has a really high accuracy rating. He was in, uh, he was able to get it into tight windows. His division or the people of his opponents were of a high level. I think that uh, Sam Donald is going to be a really good NFL quarterback. I think he could start right away. I think that if he went to the Browns, I think that he could get at least a half a season. Tyrod Taylor can at least be, serviceable for half a season if not the entire season so i think that if you're looking for it right now maybe sam donald isn't but i think long term sam donald's gonna be huge he's physically able to move he's not purely a pocket passer i think he's actually more mobile than andrew luck is in my opinion and he can throw it just amazingly well i think that he's a really talented guy he loves football so then we can look at number two, Josh Rosen. I think Josh Rosen's main problem, and I think it's been a little overrated that he doesn't love football. I think it's still a bit of a concern that he might not try hard enough. I think the quarterback position in particular, you have to be just love the game. Like the best people, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, loved just watching tape. And I don't know if he does. Uh, he's got a little bit of an injury history. But I think that he's also pretty mobile. I think his decision-making is probably the best in the entire class, in my opinion. I think that he makes the best decisions. I think he's a really smart guy. Um, he's also definitely good at throwing the ball. Uh, maybe not as amazing, not as athletic as uh, Sam Donald, but I think he's, a, in terms of decision-making, a really good guy. Uh, number three, I would have to put Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield is – athletically pretty gifted. I don't think he's amazingly gifted. I, he was, uh, he was taller than I thought he was going to be. I think he came in at a little over six foot. And because of that, I'm, that's still pretty short for NFL standards in, ter in terms of short quarterbacks. The only uh, great ones have been Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. But I think that he might be able to be able to break that mold. His, dis his off the field problems I don't love it, but I know he clearly loves football. He's a two-time walk-on, so he clearly wants to keep playing. I think that that's not a problem, but, man, he I could see him getting a DUI real quick. I don't <laughs> I don't think that's really outside the realm of possibilities. I, Yeah, 
his decision making, his anger problems, he could get suspended. I could definitely see a world where he just implodes. I don't I don't think there's as many red flags as Johnny Manziel, but I wouldn't say he's too far off. I think he's more talented than Johnny Manziel. So, and also his, so if his there was a risk yeah. scale and ten is Johnny Manziel, how high up do you think Baker Mayfield is on that off field risk? Scale seven. He's definitely a seven. I, I I think there's a lot of red flags. Him just grabbing his crotch and like on live television. He's got uh, public intoxication. He's got uh, footage of him running away from police officers. That's more than Johnny Manziel had coming out of college. Um, so Johnny Manziel never had a criminal problem. His was mostly partying, nothing illegal. Um, so. But I think he's a talented guy. I think that his arm's underrated. He's got a better arm than Johnny Manziel ever did. I think he his accuracy, he's got the best technically. His accuracy is technically the best coming out of the class when it comes. But I think his competition was pretty low. I also think the scheme, the spread offense is pretty easy to make, to fluff numbers that can make it look better than they actually are. I think he'll definitely need some time. I don't think he'll get it. I think if he goes to a place like Arizona, he'll definitely be starting right away. Uh, after that, we I think number four would be Josh uh, Rosen, I or no Josh Allen. I really, um, I don't really like Josh Allen. I think he's an interesting prospect. I think he's got amazing upside. I think that's what a lot of people say about him. He he definitely. I think he's showing improvement. There was actually just uh, talk about him today, an article talking about how people are saying his accurate. He uh, did some workouts and how good his accuracy looked and how NFL analysts think he's looking a lot. He's already showing massive development um, at the quarterback position. His arm is amazing. I think that that can, a lot of quarterbacks that have, that have been highly touted have had been told that they've had strong arms. Uh, He definitely has one being able to throw it over 70 yards. is just amazing. But if we look historically strong our quarterbacks, we can look at Cam Newton, Matthew Stafford, Jay Cutler. Um, but even Jay Cutler, was, who's probably the most disappointing out of all of them, had a pretty productive early career. And people thought he might be able to make the next level to elite status. He was able to get to the playoffs a couple times. Injuries really hurt him, and he definitely didn't love the game, but I haven't been hearing that about Josh Allen. So I think that this – and then we look at Lamar Jackson, who I think any other year would be rated much higher. But I'm going to have to say that he's ranked fifth this year just because the quarterback class is so talented this year. But I don't – He, I think personality-wise, he's just fine. Uh, I, I don't think he's uh, showing any major red flags. He shows some independence um, in the fact that he didn't want an agent, but I don't think that's a big problem not wanting to ha- have an agent using your mom as your agent. Uh, <laughs> I think that his arm and ac- his accuracy, I think is atrocious. I don't like it. I don't think, I think that he's showing major red flags of not improving his accuracy uh, significantly. Uh, I remember you saying that his accuracy is very similar to Russell Wilson, but if you look at Russell Wilson's last year, his senior year in Wisconsin, he, it was significantly better. It was in uh, the high 60s, if I remember Well, that correctly. was their scheme. They schemed it all for Wilson. Yeah, but Lamar Jackson, that offense in Louisville was all about him. Like They schemed for him. And Lamar Jackson never had a year above 60%. He never got there. He got close, I believe, but never got to – I think 60% is a pretty uh, – reasonable goal for a quarterback. I know uh, Josh Rosen didn't make 60%, but I don't love Josh or not Josh Rosen. Josh Allen didn't make 60%, but I don't love Josh Allen either. Uh, But Lamar Jackson, he hasn't shown accuracy. I think the problem with speedy quarterbacks is that they'll often think that they never need accuracy because they can run around and let routes uh, coverages break down so that receivers just naturally get over open with time because corners can only cover for so long but then we can see uh problems where i don't think he's going to be able to do it. i don't think he can make those tight windows i also um was so shocked when i saw that he was six three i didn't think he was that big but also he's only 200 pounds and that is extremely small for a quarterback that's six three um 
I don't think that there's any quarterback as light as him that's been able to be mobile in the NFL and last any period of time. He's he's lighter than players like RG3, Michael Vick, who are very known for their injury problems. He is uh, – and I'm not even saying in terms of, like, body mass. He's just lighter than Russell Wilson. Cam Newton has 50 pounds on him. Uh, Deshaun Watson's got, uh, like, 20 pounds on him. Like, and they're all, and a lot of these players are shorter than him, and he's still lighter than them. So I don't think he can take an NFL beating, and he's never shown the ability to slide or, and just like that smart decision making that Russell Wilson has. So I, I know you love him, and I've been talking your ear <laughs> off here. So feel free to tell me what you think. All right. So I basically have two sets of rankings for these five. I'm going to fly through the first one real quick. This is my NFL ready, guys. This is how well these I think these guys would perform if they got dropped into an offense tomorrow and had to play. So I think Rosen's my most NFL ready guy. And then I've got Darnold. And then three is Baker, four is Allen, five is Lamar. It's really similar to yours. I think just Rosen and Darnold are flipped. Yeah. And that's that my NFL exactly ready. But this is my, like, if I was actually ranking them, this is based on their ceiling more. I'm more of a ceiling guy. Like, I, I, I'd rather have the guy who's going to be a stud in three years and the guy who will be average year one and forever. So my quarterback one in this class from ceiling-wise is Lamar Jackson. Um, I think he needs to sit. He has to sit a year or else he's going to be labeled a flop immediately um but i think if he gets a chance to sit work on his accuracy and decision making i think he by far has the highest ceiling of this class number two i've got josh rosen i think he's a great combination of nfl ready and having a high ceiling he's more used to a pro style offense than some of these guys are and I think that'll definitely really help him make a quick transition. And I just think he has more talent than some of the other guys. Three, I've got Baker Mayfield. You brought up all that stuff as off-the-field concerns. And honestly, I'm the other side. I absolutely love all the stuff he does. Uh, I don't know. I just I think it just makes him more exciting to me. And I, I really like Baker Mayfield. His senior year stats, too, are just crazy. 70% completion rate, 4,600 really yards. 43 touchdowns, six picks. And I mean, how you were saying about spread offense. I mean, who's to say a team doesn't put him in a spread offense in the NFL? Yeah, I, I agree. I really – I think Mayfield looked really good. And his accuracy and arm strength are really underrated. But I'll agree that he – his senior year, he looked amazing. Yeah, and like you said, he he did measure in at six one, which I can't – I don't believe that. I mean, the combine is unbiased, but I still think there's something fishy going on. He is not 6'1", 215, which, yeah, that looks about right. But, yeah, I I think basically all five of these guys could be a quarterback one in another class. And the fact that they're all in one year makes it more difficult. I think if – I think the top – I think Sam Donald, Rosen, or Mayfield, uh, if they were – in last year's draft class, they would have been drafted number one as a quarterback. I think they're all better than Trubisky. Uh, I, I And that's actually something interesting. So do you prefer any of these quarterbacks over Trubisky? Um, I don't believe so, no. But that, that I haven't – I obviously don't know where they're going to land. So my highest-ranked rookie quarterback is Rosen at 20 and Baker Mayfield at 21 right now and Trubisky at 8. Let's say you got to choose which one went to the Browns. And would you have that Browns quarterback if they started this year higher than Trubisky? So if Tyrod's out of the picture and I get one of these rookies in Cleveland? Yeah. Um, I think Rosen in that offense could get close to Trubisky. But I don't think any of them would pass Trubisky mm-hmm. just because – I think what you said with having to sustain all those options, I think that'll hurt a young quarterback. Yeah. Like trying to th- spread the fields too much and making throws they shouldn't. Are you worried at all about Lamar Jackson's 
uh, size. Or, do you think? Do you think as a running quarterback that we have to be more concerned about him not being able to take an NFL like beating? Like, do you think that's a problem? Or are you not worried about that? I I do think it's an issue. That's why when I like I said, I he has to sit his first year. He cannot come in and start twelve games next year. Yeah. Do you think he? Do you think he would have to gain weight for you to be more confident, or do you think it's just a decision making that he could throw the ball away before he gets hit type thing? I think he could stay his same size. Now, I w- it would be good if he bulked up, but I think he could get away with his same with the same size if his decision making got better. Yeah, I mean that then, would definitely be. I think that's ahead. idealistic. What do you think are the chances that uh, Lamar Jackson is um, like a, a quarterback one, not like this year, but in a future dynasty pick, he is considered a top quarterback. Like, what do you think are the chances of that happening? Um, if he gets a decent landing spot where they let him run like he wants to and doesn't force him to throw all the time instead, I think there's 85% chance that he is a top eight quarterback one day. Just because, well, I mean, look how effective running quarterbacks are in fantasy. I guess that's true. I, I don't know. He's he's even lighter than Tyrod Taylor. Like, I'm just really worried he's going to get clobbered. And I think that expecting a guy to be able to develop, yeah, I guess he's able to run, but I don't know. I mean, there's small running backs who survive. I mean, Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, but those guys are also like they're shorter. Like he's tall. He's a tall guy, like six three. He's the right size for a quarterback. He's just light. Like I'm just worried that he's too thin. If you understand, like, like yeah, there's running backs that are two hundred, but they're generally more in the five eleven range. So yeah, I could see that being an issue. My four and five though, Darnold's four, Allen's five. Don't have a whole lot to say on them. I don't like them. Why do you hate? Why do you hate Donald so much? Darnold, I. I just don't see what everyone else sees. I think he still has so much pedigree from being such a top recruit. I mean, yeah. he threw 26 touchdowns and 13 picks last year. Yeah. I mean, those uh, aren't good numbers. His turnovers are definitely a concern, but uh, I, I can't help but every time I watch him, I watched him. Uh, I didn't watch all of his games. Everyone watched his uh, game against Penn State, and that's really where he blew up. But I was watching him against UT, and I he's just scary. I mean, he he has turnover problems, which can make it a lot easier. But when he's playing well, I don't think there's anyone in this draft class since for since Andrew Luck that's really looked like that, in my opinion. But I get it. I don't think we're going to be able to change each other's minds. Yeah, no. I think that was one of the fun parts of having you come on because of how much we've disagreed. And then Josh Allen, I just hate Josh Allen. <laughs> You're not going to change my mind on that. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I think that just like how you see Lamar Jackson, like his chances, I think his odds of being an elite quarterback are ten to twenty percent. I think that he's going to be, a, I think he's going to be a failure. Like I, I'm sorry, but and I was a believer in Deshaun Watson, so it's not like I hate running quarterbacks. I love Deshaun Watson because I saw him pick apart Alabama's defense, which is the closest defense you're going to have to being. Uh, in college to an NFL defense, and he picked them apart twice. So I just didn't see that type of stuff out of Lamar Jackson. He would go against opponents like Clemson, and he, he just kind of flopped, in my opinion. He wasn't. Well, he good. didn't have the weapons around him that Deshaun Watson did at Clemson, too. I mean, Louisville's not a powerhouse football team. That's true. That's true. I, I, I just I don't see it. I, I, that's all I really got to say about that. So, yeah, he he's he's a boomer bust guy for sure. Like his whole career is going to be a boom, or his whole career is going to be a bust. Yeah. All right, we are. We spent way more time on those than I thought. So let's move on to our next thing. This was a this should be a pretty quick one. So the yeah. top four tight ends in the NFL. I don't think anyone would disagree with this. Are Kelsey, Ertz, Gronk, and Evan Ingram? How would you rank them <sighs> if for dynasty? For Dynasty, that's the thing, right? Yep. Um, Kelsey's always had personality issues. I, I'm not too far off. I might I, – I'm not a – I don't love Ertz that much. I think that Ertz is a decent player. Uh, he's had an injury problem, and I think that last year he exploded. 
but I'm really liking Evan Ingram. I might rank him second behind Kelsey, in my opinion. I Ertz has had one great year, and he's been in the NFL for four years, I believe. He's been in the NFL for a while now. I'm not loving Ertz. Uh, well, Evan Ingram on his first year has already shown major, major record-breaking uh, production for a rookie tight end. Gronk, if you – I would rank Gronk number one. If you believe that Gronk isn't going to retire for the next three to four years, I would rank him number one. If you don't think that's going to happen, I don't think that's going to happen, which is a real shame because he's amazing to watch. But I really think he's going to be retiring in a year or two. I remember you saying that you think he's going to retire when Brady retires, and I I was shaking my head. I was agreeing that that's probably what's going to happen which is probably going to be a year or two, three, four, if we're lucky. Those two and really, Belichick. Yeah. So if you are if you have a team that can win the playoffs right now, Gronk's your guy. Like if, 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 you have, if you have an aging roster, I would try to get Gronk. Gronk's really undervalued right now, in my opinion. So I'd try to get Gronk if I was – if I was competitive and I thought that I had a really good shot and only needed a tight end to break it. Like, I would really do it. But I really like Evan Ingram. So I'd probably go uh, Kelsey, Ingram, Ertz, Gronk. But that's just because I don't think Gronk's going to be in the league much longer. We are really close on that. Mine is Kelsey, Ingram, Gronk, Ertz. I re- like you said, I really don't believe in Ertz. Um, the best quality about Ertz is his wife. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen her. She plays for the U.S. Women's National Team. Her name's Julie yeah, Ertz. Love her. I think I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, not a big fan of Zach Ertz. I don't think he's going to ever replicate what he did this year. So I do have a team that I think is good enough to win the playoffs. I traded for Gronk. I gave up the 109 in Austin Hooper for Gronk. And that is just a steal for Gronk. Even if he only plays two more years. <clears throat> That level of production for two years, I think, is totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really do agree. I, I think that a lot of people were worried that Gronk was going to retire this offseason. But I think that – I think there is probably a 50 to 60% chance he retires in the next two years, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. That's why I had the 105 also. That's why I wouldn't do he, the 105. Yeah, I probably wouldn't do the 105. And, and if I was looking at it um, – like people forget he he's got major injury problems on top of that and if he gets hurt i think that might be the point where he just says i'm done like i, I could see him doing that and even if he doesn't say i'm done he he's he's hurt about every other year so you might be a little worried about this year cuz he wasn't hurt that much last year so yeah no i definitely see your point all right so we got about 7 minutes left so we're going to do a quick couple of trades and then a couple of quick Player versus player. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, so we'll go trades first. Let me find one of these good ones since we're only doing a few. All right. Non-PPR, which is strange. Don't ever play (laughs) non-PPR. AJ Green in 203 or Joe Mixon in 112. What are you taking? AJ Green or 203 or Joe Mixon in the 112. Well, those picks are almost flip-flops. But I think that AJ Green – is significantly better than Joe Mixon in terms of value. I don't actually. I'm not so. I'm not sure about that because I. I think AJ Green had a pretty bad year this year, and I'm thinking, oh well, the offensive line will be better, so he'll be able to get more. But if that if that passing game gets any, it gets better. Then I think Joe Mixon is going to have an easier time. So. And you get the one twelve instead of the two hundred three. Yeah, so you get a three spot jump to take Mixon yeah. instead. And it's non-PPR, which is stupid. But even in oh, yeah. PPR, I think I'm going Mixon and the better pick. Yeah, Mixon's young. I actually really liked Mixon last year. I liked him more than Fournette, actually. So Nice. That was a controversial opinion. But <laughs> I, I thought it was off-the-field issues that got him to fall so low. So. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. So 12-man, these people are playing PPR like smart people. Um. Emmanuel Sanders and Tevin Coleman or Robert Woods? Oh, Emmanuel Sanders, Tevin Coleman, for sure. I really like Tevin Coleman. I think that the the Falcons refuse to trade him. That's a great sign, in my opinion. 
that either A, he'll stay at that Falcons offense. He's a productive guy, even with Devontae Freeman there. Even last year, Devontae Freeman's got injury problems. Even when Devontae Freeman's on the field, Tevin Coleman's producing. And if he if they dump Freeman and keep Coleman, that's a great spot. If Coleman goes and gets a great role, even if he doesn't, I think he's a really talented guy. Emmanuel Sanders is a pretty solid guy. And who you said? Marquise Goodwin? Is that who you said? No, Robert Woods. Robert Woods uh, for the Rams. Uh, yeah, I don't really like Robert Woods that much. I think that when he starts playing against number one corners, he's going to get shut down pretty hard. So. Yeah, um, a week ago when I like had screenshotted this, uh, Case Keenum hadn't signed with Denver yet. So I had voted for Robert Woods, but now that Keenum's there, I definitely am 100% Emmanuel Sanders. And Tevin Coleman's side. Like you said, Coleman, even with a shared backfield, is productive. If in a year when his contract's up, he goes and gets a backfield of his own, he could be a monster. Yeah, I, I, I really like Coleman. He's a really talented guy. So. All right, let's see what fun player versus players I have. Here's a good one. PPR, Tyreek Hill or Amari Cooper? Tyreek Hill or Amari Cooper? Ooh. That that's an interesting one. I think Amari Cooper still got it. His hands have been his downfall, his Achilles heel. Uh, I think that he's more talented than Tyree Kill. I think he's got a better opportunity than Tyree Kill. I think that he's got a better quarterback right now. I don't. Patrick Mahomes is a question mark in my opinion. I think that they're. I've been hearing that Gruden wants to feed Amari Cooper the ball. And I, I think that's a smart move. I think Cooper's really talented if he can just keep the ball. Tyreek Hill's all about speed, and if he's not burning the guy, he gets shut down. So that's my opinion. I agree. I, yeah, I, I would think pick I'm Cooper. on Cooper. Yeah, I'm on Cooper. Better opportunity, uh, especially now that Sammy Watkins is in Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially with Sammy. And in a PPR, Cooper's just going to be getting more consistency too. Yeah, I like you said, Ty, I mean, look at Tyreek's game log from last year. It was the most extreme case of boomer bust basically ever. Yeah, I don't mind those type of players, but if I could pick, like, if I could get similar points and get a guy that's not doing that, I would rather get Cooper. And I think Cooper can, I think Cooper has a higher upside. I think Tyreek Hill has hit his, like, peak. I don't think he's going to get much better. So I think that Cooper... He, he hasn't hit that yet. I think he's still developing as a receiver. So I could definitely see that. And now that he's the one, I think Crabtree was still the one last couple of years. But being the one now, I definitely love Cooper. Yeah, I think Crabtree was stealing touchdowns from him. That's for sure. So. Oh, for sure. I had Crabtree in fantasy last year. He had like under 40, 40 yards one game, but two touchdowns. That, yeah. that was great. <laughs> All right, last one before we got to go. New team versus new quarterback. Would you rather have Allen Robinson now on the Bears or Diggs now with Kirk Cousins? Mm. I don't love Diggs or Robinson that much. I think they're both pretty overrated. Uh, I would pick Diggs. I think Diggs is a more talented player than Allen Robinson. I like that offense. That offense is proven more. I think the quarterback is better there. Um, yeah, Diggs is injury prone, but Allen Robinson – He's been injury prone too, so neither of them were drafted that highly, so we can't even look at it that way. Um, so yeah, I, I think I would go Diggs for sure. I don't. I think Allen Robinson's way overrated. I think he's had one good season, and other than that, he's he's been on the field healthy and still not done well. So the argument there, though, is Blake Bortles. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, but. I mean, I'm going to continue is, my Bears love and go with Ellen is Robinson. Case, is Case Keenum that much better? Like, I love Case Keenum, but do you think Al, uh, Case Keenum is that much better than uh, Blake Bortles? I think Keenum. Mm, I think Keenum's a better real life quarterback than Bortles, but not by a whole lot. And, and that, yeah, I. I I think the reason – I think Allen Robinson needs a bad quarterback, in my opinion, because you need a quarterback that's not afraid to throw an interception. And that's kind of what Allen Robinson needs, is a guy that's not afraid to throw interceptions a lot. Like, <laughs> so I'm, I think he needs a bad quarterback. He needs a quarterback that isn't – doesn't 
really care is pretty bad at decision making. So maybe Trubisky will work well with Allen Robinson. But... <laughs> oh man, we're out of time for me to even try and argue with all that. <laughs> um, you got any Twitter or anything you want to plug in here before we go? No, I'm I'm not really a social media person. So all right. I don't have anything I want to plug. Appreciate you coming on, man. This has been fun. You can follow me at Kenny G Season S Z N and the league at T L O N F F Dynasty. Thanks again, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Feel free to invite me any other time you want me to disagree or share my <laughs> For sure, man. Yeah. Uh, it's been fun. I'll see you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye.